0: Codependency is likely a term that you've heard before. Sometimes we call couples codependent who spend all their time together or families who stick together like glue, but codependency is much more than spending a lot of time together and it can be extremely detrimental for everyone involved, especially when addiction is in the mix. For this episode of Straight Talk with the Doc, I'm here with addiction medicine specialist Dr. Bott to talk about codependency and its link to addiction. Dr. Bot, like I just mentioned, codependency is a lot more than just spending a lot of time together. Can you explain what does it mean to be codependent?
1: That's a great question, and as you said, you know, when we speak about addiction, codependency comes up a lot. When two or more people, a relationship between a couple or a family in its entirety, are engaged with one another where, you know, a component one person or group sacrifices themselves and basically puts their feelings and emotions suppressed them and in order and subconsciously um fuels or further um Contributes to the addiction or the negative behaviors of another loved one. And so the relationship is not balanced. The relationship and unfortunately negative progresses and it leads to a lot of resentment, anger and frustration.
0: Okay. And what are like some signs of a codependent relationship?
1: Well, it really is when one person seems to be benefiting and one person seems to be continue their destructive behavior. And we, we often see that with people who suffer from substance use disorders. And it's it's often rooted in, in childhood or learned early on um, where a person supports that individual and often contributes to that continuation of the substance use. And this is often you know, when, just by giving money to keep that person in that house. Uh, often we see, you know, uh, a, a spouse or a significant other not wanting that person who's suffering with addiction, for example, to leave. And then they'll say, oh, you know what? I'll, I'll buy you another six pack if you stay at home. And that negatively reinforces the actual alcohol consumption when we know that alcoholism is is the problem. And often it's it's rooted in in, in feelings of low self esteem or self worth that that person um, again subconsciously is contributing to that addiction in order for that person to be uh, feel needed and loved and wanted and we see that pattern often you know continue and manifest in many different ways.
0: Okay. So is that kind of how they start to form? It's, you know, little things like, you know, loaning a little bit of money or, you know, buying a six pack.
1: You probably, if you trace the actual relationship back, you probably see it forming probably somewhere in childhood, somewhere along the line, you know, um, we as children may have learned, um, you know, to suppress our feelings, to suppress or show, you know, that, um, you know, we put ourselves second. Uh, it could be because we're dealing with somebody in the family dynamic who might have an anger issue, who might be abusive, who might be, again, a parent, who might be suffering with um, addiction themselves. And then we we learn to, you know, silence ourselves and we put ourselves second in order to, you know, shut down our emotions and not, you know, interfere with the person who's kind of almost consuming that whole familial space, with their um, behaviors or with their substance use disorders. And so I see it a lot in clinical practice that most of our patients who do suffer with codependency, um, you know, we we do um, see a lot of the roots of that uh, behavior back to childhood.
0: As somebody who's in your line of work, how often do you see codependent relationships in those that are struggling with addiction? I
1: think you can see a degree of codependency in everybody. I mean, you know, I think when you you hear the word codependence, we kind of give it a, um, you know, a negative connotation, but even healthy relationship to a certain degree, you know, you you do feed off one another and there is some need um, uh, between two people in a relationship or a family. It's just when one starts to become imbalanced and unhealthy, where somebody is not progressing and people are not prospering and it continues to fuel negative behaviors of one and it continues to diminish the self-worth uh, mental health um, you know or the happiness of another that usually um, you know goes into this vicious cycle of what we call this clinical codependency that we see with addiction but I just don't want to say it exists alone in addiction you know we see this in in other, um, relationships where maybe abuse, emotional, physical abuses there. Um, people with uh, destructive or antisocial behaviors. People with personality disorders, uh, character issues. Um, they often can engage others who might be um, those who lack, you know, self worth or n- need to have felt um, to to be helpful, and that again often is rooted back in childhood when we have been you know, exposed to people who were consuming the whole family dynamic that they put themselves second and have to step up and, you know, give themselves 110% in order to not appear selfish, um, to give into the needs of that person who's consuming everything. So, um, you know, we see it a lot, um, in, in the addiction substance use population. And, um, it's, it's a big thing that needs to be addressed in order for both parties to heal.
0: You just mentioned abuse. Uh, Is codependency a form of emotional abuse?
1: It can be because, you know, again, a lot of this is not on the conscious level. This is happening in a subconscious level. But as I mentioned before, a lot of times a codependent individual is suffering from low self-esteem, has been traced back to where they feel like they have to do above and beyond and be like a martyr and self-sacrifice. But they get something out of being needed and sometimes subconsciously contributing to that person's negative behavior like substance use or, you know, even the physical abuse and then end up self-soothing or end up self, you know, feeling like they're loved or, or wanted, you know, they can contribute to that person to stay ill or sick, addictive or acting in, in, a, in a negative way. And so that is a form of emotional abuse too. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's an intentional thing, but you know, unfortunately, the whole part of codependency is that we're trying to, you know, demonstrate it's a, it's a negative relationship, and yes, it can be abusive um, emotionally.
0: Can it ever be a good thing? To be codependent?
1: The ultimate goal is that we want to take care of people, right? I mean, with people suffering with substance use disorders, we never want to marginalize them or traumatize them or ostracize them or stigmatize them. So we, they need support and they need care. You know, to what degree that boundary um, is crossed, where it goes from helping to negatively, you know, um, contributing to furthering the addiction and further self-sacrificing, you know that that's really an on an independent you know um needs to be assessed on an independent and individual basis um so i think in this this talk for the purpose of this talk the codependency is not really healthy and it's it's when it's crossed those boundaries or the boundaries are not maintained where again one continues to self-sacrifice develop their resentment and anger and the other continues the the negative behaviors or substance use.
0: Okay. Is there, I guess, like a typical or like a more common way that codependent relationships present? Like is it often parents taking care of children, romantic relationships, you know, even children taking care of their parents?
1: You, you see it in all of those things that you just mentioned. Um, I, I don't think there's anything typical about the which way that it goes versus it's more the, the typical... Uh, The dynamics that are occurring within it, you know, it's a lot of, um, again, mixed emotional feelings where you got one person who's, you know, what's the driver behind that person continuing to sacrifice themselves to which ultimately continues to negatively reinforce that person's behaviors that are unwanted or destructive to that individual. And so it it becomes very complex and that you can see you you know parents are supposed to take care of their children and that's the way that it goes but if children develop you know problematic behaviors where does it go where the parents start to self-sacrifice and 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 start to negatively contribute to that the, the kids behaviors similarly in a romantic relationship you know, is the cause or the effect of being in love with that person, you know, and having to stand by them um, causing the codependency or is it somebody who had codependent traits growing up with the need to have to be loved and to be needed and to be wanted to actually stay in a relationship that's unhealthy, you know, and again, we're speaking in general terms here. So most of this stuff can be explored, you know, through proper assessment and evaluation and looking into the relationships individually. But um, all three examples that you just gave, uh, they're, they're common when it does exist.
0: Okay. So it's pretty clear, you know, how a codependent relationship hurts the person with the addiction. You know, it negatively reinforces their substance use. But how does it hurt the enabler?
1: Again, that, that enabler is coming from a, a place where they had unresolved issues. And the unresolved issues often, uh, again, rooted back in childhood or through, um, you know, progression in their life. And even if not, even if they start to become codependent as a result of the of the uh, the relationship they're now in, just say with a person who they since discovered now is developing a substance use problem or becoming abusive, if they continue to stay, in a relationship where they start to put themselves second. Then they start to get angry, and this the resentment starts to build up. And you know, there becomes a power struggle there, and a power struggle between their emotions, a power struggle in terms of what kind of negative, you know, uh, retaliation that can occur towards a person who's the abuser or the person who's using. And this continues to become a destructive relationship. Boundaries get violated, emotions get destroyed, and um, people start to develop multiple types of behavioral, emotional, physical, you know, um, issues. So um, there's a lot of consequences that can occur when uh, somebody continues to stay in a relationship that ultimately is not benefiting either party.
0: So if somebody realizes that they are in this, you know, codependent dynamic, what kind of help is available?
1: Well, there are support groups, first of all, that are are there. CODA is is one that's based off a 12-step model, like, you know, resembles Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous. And that really, you know, helps match people up who are uh, families of loved ones and people who are in, in relationships where, you know, codependency has become a, a problem. Then there are individual therapies and other type of, um, you know, recovery programs that do focus specifically on codependency. I think it's important, though, to um, identify if if the codependency is not secondary or the re, the result of a, a a newer relationship or one that's just you know happened um, at that point, and it's not rooted back in childhood. That if it is rooted back in childhood, that you know any unresolved issues be um, addressed. Because um, a keen therapist, a trained family therapist can look into what family dynamics or unresolved issues that were present in that person's life that led to them, you know, becoming codependent and engaging in or remaining in a relationship that was not only destructive to the person that they're with, but destructive to themselves.
0: So I know this will kind of depend on the individual case, but in general, you know, how does an individual or a family learn to let go of their old behaviors?
1: you know, those are, those are very difficult things to do. But, you know, with the proper therapy, the proper support groups, you know, we, we have to be cautious, though, that that person doesn't go from a passive, um, you know, martyr-type individual to uh, an aggressive one and, and and someone who becomes totally assertive and selfish. You know, so you have to watch that pendulum from swinging from one extreme to another. But, but I think the key hallmark is, is that, you know, if somebody as and again, we're talking on an, an addiction podcast here, is engaged in treatment, and if they're in a treatment center or, or individual therapy or whatever, you know, speaking about it and, you know, speaking to a professional because, you know, codependency is so common in the substance use disorder population and the f- people who um, surround them that, uh, you know, most people who treat those suffering with substance use disorders do know how to help get help for those family members who are, you know, codependent and um, suffering themselves. And so it's just really important to reach out and, you know, tap into the resources that are there and, and ask. And if, if the loved one is engaged in any sort of, you know, treatment, you need to go ahead and reach out and tell them, you know, what they're dealing with um, and ask for help because help is out there.
0: Dr. Ba, is there anything else you'd like to add before we finish this episode?
1: I mean, the bottom line is, is that codependent is a very common thing in, in, in relationships, just recognizing that, you know, if you're starting, if you, if you're caring for somebody or you're living with somebody who has a substance use disorder, especially in this, as, as it relates to this podcast, you know, um, recognize, are are you starting to become angry? Um, are you starting to become resentful? Are you starting to engage in behaviors that are actually not helpful to the person that's suffering with the subject, but actually negatively reinforcing and continuing to enable them in their destructive um, ways? You know, and if that's the case, you know, going out looking for support groups like CODA, like I mentioned there, you know, if you Google them in your local areas or look them up, you know, those those are available. And if someone is in um, treatment themselves, you know, seeking help with an, uh, a trained professional, you know, even tapping into your insurance companies or not, but looking into ways that you can get matched up with trained professionals who help those family members who are who are struggling with, um, you know, someone who's suffering with addiction and as a result, you know, are having negative consequences themselves.
0: Okay, perfect. Thank you for providing that information. Um, To our listeners, to learn more about codependency and addiction, you can head to addictioncenter.com. You can also hear more podcast episodes there or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to this episode of Straight Talk with the Doc.